and welcome to the Shakedown. This is SheBear and along with Aiden Lang. Uh, this is our first episode and we are two Philadelphia guys, uh, big sports fans. Um, we we really, really uh, enjoy and thrive off of sports, I think, on a daily basis. Um, so why not talk about it? Why not do something we enjoy along with something we love? So. Uh, yeah guys, um, so today on our first episode we're going to talk about the scary situation that is going on with Philadelphia sports management. Um, pretty much all four sports besides the Philadelphia Flyers, um, I'm pretty sure you can agree, is kind of scary man. Um, I really feel like what has been promised and what has been uh, expected as us as fans, being so passionate and putting everything our hard-earned money into these owners who take our money and delve it out to management and players and uh, it's just not getting returned. It really, I, I really don't feel like it is whatsoever. No, I agree with you. I think, you know, one of the high sides of this Philly sports management is that we're starting to see some front office members that, needless to say, needed some help or needed a change. Right. We're starting to get there, you know, because um, you now have Doc Rivers, yeah. We're finally. Oh my gosh, yes. we've been asking for this for so long. It's insane. Um, Absolutely. I mean, having having Doc Rivers uh, is finally having a coach for the Sixers that is um, a well-respected coach, not only around the league but actually brought here. I mean, he beat us up pretty bad in Boston. Um, he was he he knows what he's doing, and he dealt with personalities in Boston. He dealt with Kevin Garnett. Uh, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, their big three. Now he has a big task ahead of him with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, in my opinion, you know, Ben Simmons refuses to shoot a jump shot. Uh, Joel Embiid is a softy. He he could be honestly the most dominant big man in basketball. Period. If number one, he got himself in shape and stayed in shape, and not eat cheeseburgers on the sideline. That's, that's always what I said, especially I had a really good opportunity in college to talk with uh, Dr. John G. of the LaSalle men's basketball. Uh, when LaSalle went to the Sweet 16, he later became a professor at one of my universities. I, we actually stayed one day after class and kind of talked to him about, you know, things that would make Philadelphia sports more successful. And as we were talking about the 76ers, we were, we'd always talk about, during this time frame, this is a few years ago, the big storyline was always like, Joel Embiid hurt, right, yep. right? You know what I'm saying? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, like, it's a, that's a big guy, you know what I'm saying? They're prone to injuries, you know what I'm saying? The, the, the mechanics were different. Right. And, you know, we talked to him and he said, he loses weight. He loses weight, he stays healthier. Yeah. I think he has the better endurance to go 82 games. By the way, have you seen that they're uh, altering the schedule this year? Yes. 72, so, interesting. We'll so, talk about that at a later date, but. Uh, yeah, if, you know, Joel Embiid's body, I mean, anybody's body that's, if you're naturally seven feet tall, your body's already gonna have natural strain on it. Um, and for him, you know, he is an athlete, and don't get me wrong. Yeah, no first, doubt about that. The first half of games, I don't have a problem with Joel Embiid. It's the back half. It's the back half, and he just seems to get lazier and lazier throughout the game. And, and I'm, I, my thing is, we have these, like, Fairweather fans that come out and 
bring up like the 51 point game, the 49 point game. My bad, yeah, yeah, we had that conversation. The 49 point game, you know what I'm saying? And again, it's not a question of how elite of an athlete he is, because he knows the position really well. His post moves under the basket are insane, you know, and his highlight reel is amazing. And you gotta think about it too, it's crazy. He didn't play basketball his whole life. No, right? He started playing basketball the year before he went to college. Yeah. And so he's definitely a freak of nature. There's no just there's no denying that, but we need consistency, right? Absolutely. Like I'd love to have I love to have a freak of nature like uh Antetokounmpo, right? Yeah. But Antetokounmpo's not sidelined a lot. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? He's he's not injury prone um and he he you can tell he puts in the work ethic in every off season to become better and better each and every year. And I think it was funny to have a persona on social media and dog at guys and, and yeah. chirp them and whatever, like the hockey sense of things, but you just lose focus in those moments, right? right? Joel Embiid's a child. I, that's what it is. He likes to talk, he likes to chirp. Like I think it's an element of the game, though. There's, yeah. there's iconic players who have done yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the best basketball player ever played basketball in the world ever, greatest all time, Michael Jordan, was a very big chirper. Um, and Magic had his day, too. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, with, with these two guys, um, we we went through the process. We went through the Sam Hager, and we went through the Brian Colangelo era. Where I truthfully think this is where ownership really failed this uh, this city. You know, we had we got rid of Sam Hinkie, and he's the one that pushed the process to get get it going. This is how we're going to do it. This is how we're going to rebuild. I remember they were selling seven dollar tickets. Yeah, I so I actually funny story. Real quick, I actually bought a whole row of Sixers game for twenty four dollars. Yeah, like whole, it was it was, it was incredibly row. like. Yeah, uh, I've always I, I hate the lottery. Yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I hate it in the NHL. I hate it in the NBA. I hate it in any you know setting, especially right. at a major league level. I think it's just just one of the dumber principles. I've argued that for years, but. That being said, I get the idea of playing for your picks, right? right we want to play to get elite players on the squad, keep them there for a long time to build not even just a winning team, but relevancy again, right? Because right. we became so irrelevant. Right. We just the only thing we were relevant for was being a doormat to any team that rolled through the town. Right. So we and got giving, and giving Miami a hard time when they were the big three. Oh, this that, is true. Honestly, like uh, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. We couldn't beat anybody else but the Heat. Yeah. Like, what is going on? So we have that elite level talent now, right? You know. The acquisitions of, uh, and I, I'll be the first to say it. I was the, I was one of the most excited guys when we got Richardson and Tobias Harris, and now I'm one of the least excited guys to see them on the court, right. uh, in the long run. And I'm a Vols fan, both volunteer grads, both yeah, alumni, absolutely. love those guys. But at the end of the day, Tobias wasn't as consistent as we thought. Right. We would get out of him, right? Right. Josh Richardson seemed to have faltered from his Miami self. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then the tragic trades we got butler yeah. jj reddick and then fault it's crazy because we could have had quite uh, it was rumored that we could have got quiet leonard uh if we could have been able to figure out the p's and q's they they mostly popovich came out and said that all they really more wanted in the trade offer was markel fultz and you know we don't do that at the time uh Planjo doesn't pull the trigger and Kawhi Leonard ends up beating us in Game Seven in Eastern, Eastern Conference. Still, we could have had Kawhi Leonard, and then we go possibly. Into, yeah, yes. uh, listen, Popovich and Brett Brown. It was, there was a whole bunch of speculation. Um, you think that trade goes through if Doc Rivers is coach? No, absolutely not. You don't think he'll trade? No, I think he'll trade. I think Daryl Morey's going to make a huge flash this year. I'm Would Daryl Morey have traded Markel for? Well, I, again, Darryl, I think Darryl, this Markel Ver, I know that's what they wanted, but you got to get something on the return because you're talking about a young guy that was unproven at the time. Right, absolutely. 
Um, but they were going based off of he was a number one pick. He was hurt, so they really didn't know what his situation was. So it's almost like it's like when Ryan. There's a little bit of a gamble like, involved. It's like Ryan Leaf coming into the NFL, right? And everybody's like, "Oh, he's going to be a number one pick," or where you look at Sam Bradford, pe people like that, where, oh, well, they're hurt their first seasons, and then maybe they're going to be really good, and mm -hmm. then you still have that college. You look at their college stats, you look at college film, and they're like, "All right, let's 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 take a let's take a like a like, 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 like yeah." And what's the worst that happens? We get rid of a guy who's on his last year of a contract, and we're not going to get anything in return for him. That's that's more what I was seeing when Popovich was trying to get rid of Kawhi Leonard. You know, and he was sitting too. He wasn't playing basketball. He sat a whole season. Yeah. Um, he didn't want to play. Yeah, so. yeah, he didn't want to play for the Spurs anymore. Um, so, like I said, but then we that that off season too. I mean, we had LeBron and Kawhi both, both. I think LeBron LeBron would have loved to have come to Philly, but I think at the end of the day, that was like all personal decisions with him in terms of like where Bronny goes to school yeah, and so living in I LA. Also, I also don't, I think that it was uh, another contributing factor was is we ended up not having a GM at the most pivotal time of LeBron James. Free agency. Yes, exactly. One of like the last. Yeah. Pretty much, probably. Yeah. Unless they, unless he, like, goes off. Yeah, he's like, listen, he's ending his career as a Laker. You think so? He, yeah. I know he wants to play with Bronny. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, and listen. You think they'll... The NBA is a PR, like, they... Oh, it's a PR, but their yeah. images all over the place. Yeah, so they, they're going to do everything in their possible humanly power to make sure that the Lakers draft Bronny. <laughs> okay, I mean... It's, if that it's, means it's they going, put 99 Lakers balls in the lottery yeah, yeah, and exactly. one Nets ball in there, that exactly. means that's what they'll do. LeBron James and his son will be playing basketball, but... It, at the time, he was the most sought after free. He definitely was. 100%. I get that. Um, so this guy knows how to bring personnel in, and he just hasn't been able to put the things, I feel like the right chemistry, the right people together. Um, but I think that he can do it here. Now, in my personal opinion, and I'm, this could be for a later episode, it, he has to get rid of one of the two. He has to get rid of Ben, or he has to get rid of Joel. The Ben versus Joel debate. Yeah, and listen, it, there's, itself. there's multiple, multiple, like, a lot of people, you know, Giannis isn't going to resign with Milwaukee. And I'm like, I, I don't want to get too delved into this, but Giannis knows last year's contract coming up here. And I can see the Sixers trying to make a move for it. Now, does that mean trading Ben, or does that mean trading Giannis? Uh, trading, I feel like it means trading Giannis. Or trading or Joel. Joel. I feel but, like it means trading But Joel. then, do you want to try to keep Joel happy? Which, if you listen to his interviews, and this, like, yeah, I'm trying not to delve too far into this. His interviews, he praised Joel Embiid like nobody else. He posted an Instagram of like them FaceTiming as like, yeah, on to the next best he, thing or something. There was one point in the interview, there's one point in the interview where they talk about the playoffs this year, the first round of the playoffs where we get sweeped by Boston. And he goes, oh, well, you know, you guys got swept, but, you know, Joel played really well. Joel did this, Joel did that. It also helps that one of your better players isn't on the court. Speaking about Ben Simmons, mm -hmm. Ben Simmons is hurt. Mm -hmm. He really doesn't reference to Ben Simmons much in his, in his opening press conference. He just, it's a lot about... There was a lot of JoJo. There was a lot of JoJo. Uh, he talks about Yao Ming, how, you know, he got to work with great centers, Dwight Howard... And he sees Joel being a, a centerpiece to a championship team. And, and so, in my opinion, do I think Ben's here next year? No. But again, we'll talk about that in a later episode. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 try to, like, um, we're going to move on to, to uh, who I think is the most disappointing ownership group um, of all the 
Philadelphia sports, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. Pitching this year was god awful. Um, well, the bullpen was god. The bullpen was god awful. We had some good starters. So, yeah, the, um, listen, this is why they got rid of Clintech. So that's the only positive thing they've done. Yeah, so getting far. Getting but then the guy, the interim that they have in right now, um, I I can't think of his name right now. He is. He was Clintech's right hand man. He was. He like replaced Clintech with Clintech as the interim GM. But John, what did John John Middleton has claimed? I want my effing trophy back. Okay. He has he refuses to go over the luxury tax. You have the best catcher in baseball oh. in JT Realmuto. Okay? I, I they give him a qualifying offer, which they also number two, the two people that they need to keep in Philadelphia this offseason is JT Realmuto and DD Gregorius. Yep. They did not give DD Gregorius a qualifying offer, which is shocking to me because DD put up actually really good numbers. And me being I you know, everybody's gonna come at me about this, but I am a Yankees fan. You um, like breathing air. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, that he he was a monster in New York. And I hated that he left the Yankees. Um, I mean, we had to move on because we had Gio Urshela now, but that's irrelevant. But um, you have Didi who put up great numbers this year. Come in, shortened season, plays well for you. And you have JT Robito again. He hasn't hit below 250 in his career. Yeah, literally. Like the guy he's is not, a stud, and stud on at the plate, and he's a stud, stud behind, behind the plate. plate. Yeah, he had he's led the major league major league baseball the last four years in steal people, people trying steal, to steal, yeah. trying to steal. Yeah, uh, he's also committed the least amount of errors by a long shot. It's over twenty five errors. That it's been one of the more shocking storylines to come out of what you felt like. Because Harper felt like a revitalization, somewhat. Yes. Yeah, so you bring you bring in you bring in the hot commodity. You you yep. wanted to you wanted to bring in both. You wanted yep. Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Ugh. And I, you get Bryce Harper, which I think Bryce I think that's Harper a better is, run. I think that's a better run. Yeah, than it is. Listen, in I, the long run. Yes. And Bryce Harper is going to be here forever. He doesn't want to be traded. This is where he wanted to end his career. So he wanted Contract to come to Philadelphia. Exactly. So you give him this massive, massive deal, and then. You're like, okay, well, I'm going to trade. You trade Sixto Sanchez, who was your best pitching prospect, who's actually pitching for the Marlins now and looking like an ace pitcher. He's he's throwing the ball over 100 miles an hour. He's a stud, to, to be honest. He's it was his, This was his technically rookie year in the MLB. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he got, came in halfway through the season, and he, he pitched well. And you don't – the Phillies don't have a good farm system. They do not. They don't draft well. It's – since back when they were... Uh, what are their two bigger prospects right now? Kingsley and Hazley? So you have Alec Bohm, who actually yeah. is... He's up for Rookie of the uh, rookie of the Year in the National League right now. Mm -hmm. And Alec... Uh, so it's Alec Bohm. And then uh, I guess Hazley... Adam, Adam Hazley and Scott Kingery. Scott King, well, Scott Kingery is... Uh, he's a bust. I mean, he had one decent year with you guys. Um, and now he last year he batted this this shortened season he batted 196. And, like listen, John Middleton brings in Joe Girardi, which is another. Yeah, how do you feel about Joe Girardi? I like Joe. Girardi. I, I love Joe Girardi. Well, I, I'm sure I, you did. Yeah, I love him. <laughs> I mean, he only brought us one World Series, but still. Yeah, regardless, hey. Um, so 27 rings, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna be like that today. Uh, so yeah, he you bring in Joe, you bring in Joe Torre. He was a immediate, immediate. Huge bolster from Gabe Kapler, um, and oh, then, Gabe. and listen, you, you bring in Zach Wheeler, who's a good second relief pitcher, 
and oh, second tier pitcher. Sorry, second. Not a, he's not an ace. But I truthfully, this is another episode. I don't think Aaron Knowles is an ace in baseball. What? Uh, yeah, we can talk. You about mean it. the only guy to have his name on a Yangling baseball jersey? <laughs> the only guy. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Um, I'm. I'm on the Nolan like train. Yeah. If your if your last name's Nolan and you play in the Philadelphia sports franchise system, I love you to death. That's just the name of the game. Yeah. So I like I said, I don't think Aaron Nola. That, that's beside the point. Um, but like I said, John Milton is not opening his. He won't. He doesn't want to pay luxury tax. No, so I know. You, you had a, you came into this season with Sir Anthony Dominguez. You thought was going to be able to play, end up they end up having Tommy John surgery. So he's not. You don't have a reliever. Brian Robertson still did, hasn't come back. Um, who was huge for you guys? You, you guys signed him to a three-year contract, and he has. I think he's played two games as the Philly. Um, and you don't have any other people in your bullpen. Hector Neris is your best your best bullpen arm, and Hector Neris is the most inconsistent pitcher I've ever seen. He'll go on like a month or two shut down lockdown, and then he'll go three months in a row where he's god awful. Yeah, you can't go baseball. It's like all consistency. Yeah, listen, you you can win. If you look at the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, my God. We're talking about Moneyball 2.0. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like yes. the Oakland Athletics way back in the yes. day, 2002, Billy 3, Billy Bean and all those. Yeah, literally. We're talking Moneyball 2.0 because yes. you're talking about Tampa Bay paying their roster at the World Series as much as they paid like Mookie and Clinton. Uh, yeah, Clinton you know? Marshall, yeah. Yeah, both of those contracts yeah. equal up to the same as the, the entirety of the salary right. of the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, but, like, but if you look at like... Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, they're mostly homegrown talent. Every team that's been successful, I would say, in the last 10 years in the MLB has had homegrown talent. Boston uh, 2018. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I'm saying I think they had less homegrown yeah, talent in Boston uh, but, 2018. But still, if you if you look at it, the, in 2008, the Phillies won the World Series, right? You have, look at that team. Oh, my God, what a... Look Chooch! That, you have and Chooch, Lidge... Ryan, well, Ledge was not homegrown. No, you're right. So you have Chooch, you have Chooch Ryan Howard, Cole Hamels, Chase Utley, Jimmy Rollins, Rollins yeah. uh, Jason Worth was your right fielder, and Pat Burrell was in left field. They all were Philly-based, Phillies. The Flying um, Hawaiian wasn't, right? No, Shane Victorino was not. Um, Brad Lidge wasn't. Brad Lidge wasn't. Uh, Joe Blanton was not. Um, Utley wasn't. Utley was. Utley was, okay. Utley, yeah, Utley. So, but if you look at this... For me, baseball is the sport is the middle. If you look at center, if you look at home plate, and you just look forward, that's how you win baseball games. It starts with your catcher and your pitcher, your shortstop, your second baseman, and your center fielder. Those are the most pivotal positions, in my opinion, on a baseball field, because you have to have a catcher who's smart enough to call a good game and be able to do what Chooch did. Cole Hamels, you had a bona fide ace that year and he also had very very good um backups you had Ch- jamie moyer was still pitching well in 2008 and you guys got him his ring um joe glanton was a starter uh jay uh jay hap was a starter and then you go to jimmy rollins and chase utley who were arguably at the time the best shortstop second baseman combo in the major league in major league baseball the only two people that could contest it were Jeter and Cano. Yeah. Um, and then you had Shane Victorino, who wasn't homegrown, but Shane Victorino was a very, very good center fielder. Yeah. So 
you just you go up the middle, you're going to be successful. Yeah, I also think that we we're coming back into that time where like the analytics in baseball is what's killing yeah, baseball. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? There's I mean, no we can prime example. Game six of this World Series that just passed. Yeah, Blake Snell. Yeah, literally. You know what I'm saying? Like we're we're having a conversation where a guy commits two errors and it's a second guy on base and we're pulling him in the top of the fifth. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To a guy who had let up runs every game in that series almost. Oh yeah. You know? We're it just comes down to if you're not going to have a general manager who is going to help you win by drafting well and working players up through the farm system. And you you need to really open your a disaster. Yeah, you, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to open your checkbook and drop yeah, you got to drop the money. He's got to drop baseball. He's not money. he's not willing to do it. And like I said, you're gonna have J T. Romito be on the New York Mets or the Yankees or somebody crazy like that. Mets just changed ownership. Yeah, and he literally said I, I was. Spending they gutted money. that spot. <laughs> they yeah. gutted him, too, yeah. which is awesome. Good for the Mets. Yeah, but it's 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 crazy. And you know the Phillies, they have a lot of work to do. You're gonna make. Harper upset too by not oh, yeah. bringing back Romney. We're literally, oh yeah, if we don't bring him back, we're, we'll be lucky to be 500. Let's start off with that. Yeah, 100%. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Even if we bring him back and we don't make the right signings and start complimenting the team, yeah. we're going to be like that subpar that team that yeah, sneaks into a wild you're, card. You're not, not going to be able to do anything else. Wild Joe cards and death. George already, you can only manage so much of a baseball game. You can bring up the morale, you can make the right pitching changes, you can do the right thing, but you can only do so much. Like I said, Middleton. That's the only way he's going to make these guys happy again is if they open their if open. Well, I think the MLB has a bigger problem, Rob Manford. Yeah, well, you know what I'm saying. Um, they have they have a lot of things to get figured out. They but, can look, they can look to their American colleagues and other commissioners' spots. Um, not Roger Goodell. Yeah. Um, but you know what I'm saying. Like they can David look. Stern, David see. Stern is doing great with the NBA. Yeah, David, David Stern yeah. is literally the players love him. The he does the right thing. the The way that he handled the bubble this year for the NBA playoffs was it, it, second. Like, it, it was, second. It was the second best done. Yeah, the NHL had the, the NHL best. had the best. Yes, the NHL did it, it throughout the course of their playoffs. We had the we had a lot of the Black Lives Matter things come to light in terms of uh, the media and things like that, and we got to see uh, Revo, you know, Reeves yeah. over in Vegas, you know, bring together his colleagues and make a statement, you know, on why they weren't going to play certain NHL games and stuff like that. And there was no oppression or anything like that. There was no no we didn't have COVID cases while we were playing the playoffs. Guys didn't sit out, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not like the utter disaster that turned into the MLB and the NFL. Right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? God, God bless you college kids out there. Yeah. I feel so bad for college yeah, kids that's, this year. It's insane. Oh yeah. The put the put the COVID asterisks on, God forbid if it's your senior season, especially yeah. you seniors, you fifth year seniors, anybody out there, this has been and you know, understandably it's been a rough time for a lot of people. That's there's no doubt, and I understand why everything's happening. But you you, you think about the guys who worked before this was a regularity. You oh, know yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. And then you know we're in this we're in this uh, time frame right now. But yeah, I I think that there's some there's some room to grow for the MLB, especially the Phillies, um, in terms of what we need to start yeah. becoming more relevant and start winning those. And God, I mean, I know we're hungry after the Super Bowl, but it would be nice to have a. a a trophy back in Philly. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, so, like, so let's, speaking of Super Bowl, let's, let's go to the Eagles. 
The NFC East this year is just—it's—it's uh, uh, it's disgusting. disgusting. Uh, it's, in, uh, it's incredible. Uh, I don't. So and you never uh, thought a team would win a division six nine and one. No, and uh, they may. Uh, it's still very likely they'll do it. Exactly. Um, so, my Jeffrey Laurie needs to get rid of Howie Roseman, and I know it's his boy. You know this, that, next thing. A lot of people right now are blaming Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz for the struggles in Philadelphia. I want to tell you guys, I'm going to throw some stats at, at, at our, our listeners right now. So in 2016, Carson Wentz throws for 3,782 yards, 16 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's his rookie year. The Eagles go 7-9, and nine, and his best wide receiver on that team, can you tell me? Wasn't we didn't have Deshaun back? No, it, it's Zacherts still. Oh yeah, that's right. The tight end, right, the yeah. tight end so, connection. So it's it's Zacherts, and he doesn't have a wide receiver with over 100 yards. So Howie does this great, super great thing, and, and it trust me, it helps. Goes out and gets Alshon Jeffrey between the 2016 and 2017 season, and let's see in the 2017 draft, he takes Derek Barnett with the 14th overall pick. As uh, DN. Now, then, we'll let's take a pause real quick. This was like this was big for us. This was a take the air out of the room moment yeah. at one of those drafts. Yeah, we get Derek Barnett, who breaks Reggie White's record in Tennessee for most. I which I got to watch. Yeah. So, you know, I just want I just want just real quick. I want you guys to understand how how he's doing this. Now, Jim Schwartz also becomes our defensive coordinator in 2017. So we go defense. Derek Barnett, the end. Then we go defense. Sidney Jones, who was supposed to be the steal of draft, not <laughs> Russell Douglas in the third round, ends up now he's on the jag. Uh, he's not on the team anymore. Wham wham. Yeah, you need to go. Mac Hollins. There's a joke. He doesn't. Uh-huh. He wants to rather play special teams and play wide receiver in the NFL. Donnell Pumphrey, joke. Shelton Gibson, joke. Nate Jerry, Nate Gary, he's playing now for us. And well, let's be real. Do we want even want to watch Nate Gary on the, <laughs> on the football field right now? No, we don't. Fifth round linebackers yeah. generally right. So Howie, Derek Barnett's. I th- he's coming. He's coming through a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people he's not healthy. Right? People he's, love the Cox trades, the Lane John. Well, the, the drafts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Between 2016 and 2017 season, this is so we get Alshon Jeffrey, um, Nelson Aguilar's on the team. We get Torrey Smith, another deep threat for Carson. And like I said, we draft heavy defense in that draft. 2017 Carson's, I'm, call, I'm calling it his MVP season. Because he, yeah. he still has better stats than Tom Brady, who wins the MVP that year. And he played less games. He played three less games than him. So Carson throws for 3,000. And Carson knows how to shake people's hands. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> Carson throws for 3,296 yards, 33 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and he gets hurt in the Los Angeles uh, Rams game. You know, Nick Foles comes in and does beautiful, beautiful things for us. And I could never be happier for... It's a Cinderella Cinderella story in and of itself. So now Carson Carson tears his uh, his ACL. On the line. And still almost scores a touchdown. Exactly. So he, he messes his knee up and... Has works extremely hard to come back the first week. I'm sorry, the second week of the 2018 season. Carson goes. Their record is five and six. Okay, so Carson again only plays 11, 11 games, games. Okay, he plays 11 games. Throws for 3,074 yards, 21 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Okay, so after 
that season, the 2017-2018 season, the Eagles draft Dallas Goddard. Okay, and do we need a tight end? No, no, we, we do just not love targeting them. Well, Dallas, one, Dallas Cowboys wanted them, and I feel like that's the reason why we did it. I'll tell you right now, I think it's a good idea to have done it. Yeah, I will. Yeah. I think it was a good idea. I think Goddard's been Goddard's pretty great. good. Listen, yeah. yeah, and listen, they're gonna Zach Ertz doesn't come back next year. I don't care anybody says Zach Ertz is not coming back because Howie doesn't know where's where he going. Where, where do I think that? Uh, where do you think Zach Ertz goes? Zach Ertz, I can see Zach Ertz going to the Green Bay Packers or the Chicago Bears. Uh, I know Green Bay actually put it or was a, put in a trade offer for um, Ertz before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. The week that he got hurt, they were in discussions with Green Bay for Zach Ertz. Um, I mean, God, God so, Ertz our future. I get that. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that truthfully, I think he'll be end up being a better tight end than Zach Ertz was for us. Um, so, like I said, Carson plays 11 games, throws 21 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Then let's go to the 2019 season, okay? I don't care what anybody says. When you're throwing the lawn chairs out there... It's, <laughs> when you go to the Wawa yeah, and ask who every, can play wide receiver. Yeah, exactly. You have Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson gets hurt after after week one, who's... Everybody... Listen, I was just, I was ex- more ex- just as excited as everybody else. Deshaun's back in Philadelphia, okay? But you look at it; he's thirty-three years old, and he's you got to look at why he left. He didn't leave because he was bad. No, he, he left because he had off-field issues, and, and he was and hard. Chip Kelly was, just and Chip Kelly was a joke. Yeah. But you, at the same time, you know, we talked I about the whole PR. More, thing. I think it was more of a redemption story for Deshaun to come back to Philadelphia. Come back here and the, uh, now I know lawn chairs that last longer. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, if you look at it in twenty in twenty nineteen, Carson Wentz had Greg Ward. Not who did we who did we have up on the board when we picked up? Uh... So oh, we could have moved up to get CD Lamb. Who was uh, still on oh, the Justin board? Jefferson. How did who Justin was, Jefferson end up doing? I'm gonna uh, take a look at that. He's doing very well in Minnesota right now. He could be Rookie of the Year, truthfully. I'm not even exaggerating. Um. He's having, let's see, 31 receptions. Oh, wow. Yeah. 563 yards, three touchdowns. He's averaging 18.2 yards a catch. He's had three games over 100 yards. And one of them was against the Titans. Okay. He's on pace to match. uh, He's definitely on pace to match DK's stats right now, the way that this is averaging out. And then in the second round, you take Jalen Hurts. And then knows who's also in there? Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims hasn't played yet this year. But Denzel Mims is a way helps Carson. They haven't done anything to help Carson once they get big play slay in the offseason, which we which needed, we didn't need to address that. We needed a cornerback, but you there's been so many opportunities that I truthfully think Jim Swartz has just like brainwashed the organization and just doesn't want to help Carson. Doesn't anything that they've done, Carson. You bring in an injury-prone Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey was always injury-prone in Chicago. So the year that we win the Super Bowl was, I think, the second time ever in his career that he actually finishes a season. Yeah. Okay? Then you bring in Deshaun, who, yes, it's a it's more of a PR redemption. Sell the jerseys. Yeah, exactly. Get the hype. Jeffrey Lurie just needs to get rid of It's time for Howie to go. And I know that everybody's going to blame Carson this year. He has... He played. He's twelve for twelve. Twelve touchdowns, twelve picks. Actually, Every touchdown's a actually, pick. I think that it's more now. I think it's 14, 14 to sixteen. Oh, gee. So, like I said, it, 
that's my opinion what's wrong with the Eagles. Uh, they're not doing anything to help their quarterback. The offensive line, we had we had Richard Rodgers play right guard for a couple plays. Uh, we also have this whole thing is like, when as Eagles fans are we going to stop asking ourselves, oh, when we're healthy, you know what I'm saying? Like we've yeah. been like, oh, when we're healthy, this team's going to be ferocious. When is this team going to get healthy? We've been plagued at every position on every front. And they keep on giving players who are older bad contracts. You bring back, oops, sorry, you bring back uh, Jason Peters this year. And for what? I mean, yes, Braden Brooks gets hurt. And, you know, we needed Jason Peters. He was the best option for us. I mean, knows the system. It is what it is. But... Then, but we're so we're so beaten and banged up. We're throwing in tight ends at right guard. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're we're in we're at such a loss in terms of positional value. Where do we boil down all these injuries to? No, am I going to sit here and say this like Eagles are winning the Super Bowl in the next five years? Probably not. Hell, I'm going to be questionable if Carson's here in five years. The way this city's yeah, media and everybody yeah, else yeah. cues it all up. Um, I mean, we're going to be watching this guy light it up somewhere else. You know, <laughs> it's, it's exactly what's going to happen. So. You know, but time will tell on this, as it always does. Yeah. And a lot of people have said, you know, he needs to stay healthy. Carson right. needs to stay healthy. He's getting sacked one once every ten times he drops back. Yeah, 9.5% sack rating this year. You know, we are only through of but, I don't know. We're halfway through the season. We're about, what, yeah, so. We're, we're eight games in. Eight games in? Yeah. That's And you've played some dog defenses yeah. in terms of that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the I mean, NFC's still, not sexy. This is arguably one of the toughest seasons we were going to have in terms of scheduling yeah. and then to throw all of the other woes on top of it yeah. you know like the browns the browns are probably smoking us oh yeah the you browns know what i'm are, saying the browns are, well we should beat the giants i just want to real quick before we uh wrap up here i wanted to talk about the flyers just really really shortly um because they're the only team that's done anything useful kind of worth noting at this yeah. point in time um so the chuck fletcher comes in uh three years ago um, takes over for Hextall, and he gets rid of Dave Hextall as our head coach. Brings in Elaine Vigneault, best option in the Flyers. Love Vigneault. Love Vigneault. Elaine Vigneault will win us a couple in the next three years, and that's that's my bold prediction, and listen, it is what it is. I don't care what you all think. I'm of the same volition. He's been behind good benches, not as just a coach, but as an assistant coach with amazing other coaches yeah. on amazing other teams. I think he's got what it takes, yeah. honest to God. Um, it's just whether or not, I don't know, because a lot of people, especially at the tail end of um, this playoffs, felt like we got outcoached. Yeah. Which, I, I, I don't know if it was necessarily This was a bad I sample think, size, in my I, opinion. I think our players got outplayed. I don't think it was outcoaching. I think it was... Um, the circumstances were incredibly yeah, unique. Yeah, it, it was weird. Unique, and, like to said, say the least. Carter Hart had to stand on his head. Which he, which he did. Game. I mean, Listen, what a stud. Carter, so, I mean, that's, yes. And so, and look at the supporting cast he has around him. Look at guys that Chuck Fletcher has already drafted for the Flyers. You have you have guys like uh, Morgan Frost, um, Nick Albeck-Hubel. Um, Farabee. Jo- Joel Farabee. Um, Frost. Travis Sanheim. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Travis Sanheim. Yeah, he's bringing in guys that are making a difference. They haven't had that in so long. Dude, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Tyson Forrester brings to the plate. Look at this. You had oh, Oscar Lindbaum was also drafted by uh, Chuck Fletcher. Yeah, yeah. So you have you have a 
a second-year goalie and Carter Hart, first time in the playoffs. You have Travis Konechny, Nick Albay-Cubell, Travis Sanheim. Farabee and Frost. Farabee, Frost. Um, All played during the playoffs. Yeah, but they had not played before this year. Yeah. And those are the guys that are stepping up. TK didn't show up. Half the guys didn't show up. G didn't show up. G didn't, G show, didn't show up. Till the last and it's funny because the people that the Islanders. The, I'll tell you right now, hazy. Yeah. Kevin hazy. Everybody hated it, and I get it, Ranger. But look at the back end of that season. We win nineteen of nineteen of twenty one games that hazy scores in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know uh, how I feel about him. I get that, but that's regardless of the facts. Yeah. He put up during the no, no, listen, he, playoffs and nobody he else was great. He was great for us. And you know what I'm saying? Next year's the proven year for me. Oh, no doubt. Because he has always been an up and down player. So I, it's a proven year for me. I think it's going to be one of these interesting years with the goalie market, the way it was in free agency. Yeah, I'm going to love yeah. to see how the NHL shapes up. This is one of my favorite sports, not because I love it the most, but I think it's because when we talk about championships rolling around yeah. it just feels like one of those times where every team has like a fair shake of the stick yeah, you know what exactly. i'm saying like the, the nfl rolls around and we really we really do narrow it down to like four teams right. sometimes we even narrow it down to two right. and and baseball comes around you do the same thing you try to narrow maybe there's a dog in there and basketball again you know what i'm saying i could have told you at the beginning of the year that the dodgers were going to win this year the la lakers were going to win this year um and that Tampa Bay was going to win this year. Regardless of the facts, you know, when we're talking about what we needed to do, it, it doesn't feel fair to judge this this bubble, this playoffs, and to say, I mean, look at how they were doing in the round robin. And they were undefeated. Exactly. Yeah, that's that was, what I'm saying. That was amazing. We were beating the teams like Tampa Bay. We were beating Tampa the teams Boston. Boston. And uh, who was the other one? Uh, Tampa Bay, Boston, and... Washington. Washington, yeah. Ovech, Ovi, and all those guys. Well, my biggest thing right now, we're going to take a quick detour to Boston, is the fact that, um, have you heard the Krug news? No. Tory's probably not coming back. Really? Yeah, the management out there is going to get rid of him, I'm pretty sure. It's very, very oh, likely yeah, that Krugie's off there. I think he goes Canadian, and I don't think that for any other reason than that's what I've heard on the rumor yeah. mill. You know what I'm saying? The Ottawa's of the world, the Toronto, uh, Toronto's. Montreal. They can't do, he can't go Toronto. He can't go to Toronto only on this pure, simple effect of all the signings they made in terms of Joe Thornton off of San Jose. Yeah. Mm. Just got Wayne Simmons out of Nashville. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They've bolstered their lineup, and they're already paying um, Mitch Marner and um, Austin Matthews. Yeah. You know, they have their team. They're, this is like, they maybe had one or two more pieces. And they're Uber, a couple of maybe? Elias, yeah, that's kind of uh, what I thought. Elias Pedersen. EP40, uh, baby. Uh, exactly, EP40. So. He's, been, he's been electric, uh, you know. Averaging almost like 22 goals a season so yeah. far. He's, it's been two, three seasons, but we'll do two more quick wrap-ups here. We're just going to go one where we talk about potential trades in the coming um, coming year or two, just about, um, and we had spitball some ideas. The first one we had was uh, you had suggested PK Subban over yeah. uh, the former Montreal Canadian, now New Jersey Devil, who's obviously not happy in New Jersey. Right, yeah. Nobody's happy in New Jersey, guys. Yeah. I.e., I'm the not happy Hall. in New Jersey. And I live in New Jersey. <laughs> Here's the thing: when you saw the Taylor Hall thing, yeah. right? That was that's a disaster um, in terms of New Jersey's aspects, and you got to feel for the Coyotes because he's probably not coming back to the Coyotes. Right. Um, he's not. He's signed with. Uh, that's right. Buffalo. Buffalo. He's yeah. going to be Jack Eichel's guy. That's right. Good luck for Jack Eichel. That, the Buffalo team's needed something for a while. Right. Um, and this could be it. Who knows? Yeah. Regardless of the facts, PK. Too old. So with losing Matt Nissen to retirement, retirement I just Who feel like... Turned down six 
Millie. Yeah. NBD. Well, he was an offensive defenseman, and that's something that P.K. Subban brings to the table. I'll agree with you on and, that much. And I just feel like he's a little bit older. He's grizzled. It'll help these young guys, and it it just it just fits, man. I, for me, it fits. P.K. Subban's realistic. This one's probably way unrealistic, but I really like Jesper Kapaniemi from the Canadians. He's yeah, he's been a stud for them. I think the Canadians have had a lot of like kind of not super taunted talent that's really kind of grown yeah. through the cracks out there. Yeah. Um, you know, Montreal had a really good run when they shouldn't have even been in the playoffs this yeah. year. Uh, they got guys that are willing to play, and it's a historic hockey team. Yeah. I like uh, Kakinami. Just I don't know too much about him. I know he's going on loan to Finland for a while, and the Finnish. It, there's a lot of Finns in the NHL, yeah, and they exactly. have they've had a storied career. They play a super identified brand of hockey, which is good for them. Um, so, again, I think yeah, you're right. I think we're doing a little bit of a reach on this one, but to see him in there, I think that would be uh, a good a good possible trade in the next because uh, he's coming up soon. Like he's on loan yeah. this year, and then he's got to be in contract negotiations. Yeah. So and now I, this is where we get the rumor mill spinning, yeah. and we make this happen because it's not going to happen, but we're going to make it. happen. I mean, well, listen, no. This is the, I think this is the most realistic possible trade for the Flyers. And that's bringing, that's bringing Johnny Hockey home, baby. Johnny Hockey. Listen, now, like, I've only got one reason. Uh, whilst I would agree this would be the move, yeah. I understand, I, Calgary has been bolstering itself over this offseason and actually wants to be one of those Canadian teams you care about. Yeah. So this is what, uh, this is unfortunately, so this is what, this is just a trade scenario that I think this is what's going to have to be included in this, tra this trade for Johnny Goudreau. Um, you're gonna have to give up Shane Goss's bear, okay? Mm. Which I'm fine with. Okay. I'm, Shane Goss's bear, I'm fine with. Person I'm not okay with it is probably Sean Couturier. Sean Couturier is probably gonna be a part of that deal. Now, Sean Couturier seems like he's been NHL forever. Guess how old Sean Couturier is? 29. 25. What? Yes. He started playing hockey. He started playing with the Flyers when he was 18 years old. He's been in the league for seven years. And how long do you think Borchek's gonna last? Uh, people, I think he has two or two years maybe left. Really good left in him. I also think she doesn't have a lot of a lot of time. Uh, yeah, no, Drew doesn't uh, either. And he wants a he wants a ring. Yeah, and he's he willing to leave. Ring, he does deserve a ring, he he's, but he's willing to leave only, for it. He was the only player on our team. Uh, he was our literally our how many All Star games did he make? I think it was four. Or yeah, it was a lot. Like, yeah, was, but he's like you know one of the few people to show up to an All Star game. In, in a Flyers uniform this year, or one of the only people to show up in a Flyers uniform this year, was Travis Konechny. I think the team's actually really, really well balanced, and we have the pieces in place. Um, I'm going to be psyched to see Oscar Limbaum come back. Yeah. Because he actually like, played pretty well right yeah, before he tailed off yeah. and had to go for his treatment. Uh, you know, He did play bad when he came back in, against the Islanders. I mean, he played two games and he, and he didn't look... He didn't look I terrible. Mean, he, looked rusty, he looked rusty. I yeah, mean, but, but, but you're talking about like a guy that went through rehab out. and has to kind of... And you're talking about something that's already in full swing. Right. You know what I'm saying? These guys have been going at it. Their minds are already there. Okay. He's kind of got to get his right. mind there. I get that. But, uh, yeah, no. I think the Flyers are in an okay state. Plus, hockey season just ended not too long yeah, ago, so we're going to be determining what's going on. So now it's time for my favorite part. <laughs> Ice cold picks. Yeah, baby. From the North and South Pole, I have found these picks. Uh, we are putting them in here. They are not in terms of betting. I don't want any of you to bet these. That's why they're called Ice Cold. Arizona versus the Dolphins. I don't think Tawa's got it. Tua, whatever you say. Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. I don't think... Now, while I think he's good... I don't think he's 
I've never liked an Alabama quarterback. I don't like Alabama ever. I'm an SEC fan that hates Alabama, so that's just me. Arizona, I've got them minus four this weekend against the Dolphins. They're going to win by five, at least. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kyle we got, Murray, we got Murray, Murray, Hopkins. That's Larry Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald's still there. So I, I got Arizona minus four beating the Dolphins. The Dolphins aren't so much of a wash anymore. Uh, Seattle versus the Bills. This is a this was a tough one. This is why it's definitely ice cold. I think Russell has like MVP flashes this week uh, against the Bills. But the Bills and Bills Mafia country play different. Yes. And so does uh, uh yes. Josh Allen loves home games. He just loves them. He lights them up. He's got good stats in the home games. But that being said, I think Seattle wins it by uh, a field goal or if not more. So we got Seattle at minus three. Colts and Ravens. This was a tough one because I talked to you a little bit about this on some advice on how I might want to pick this one if I was actually going to bet it in real life, which I did not touch it. Again, ice cold. Uh, Colts versus the Raven. I'm taking the over. Phillips going to throw. Lamar's going to run. Um, I don't think the Colts have a crazy good run defense in the moment. I think that Lamar exploits. I think we have a high-scoring game. I'm taking the over on that one. Uh, Steelers? Steelers just look too sexy right now. Yeah. This, this feels like stupid money, and anytime you feel like you're stealing money, you're losing it. Yeah. Just remember that. So I've got the Steelers at minus 14. They're winning by two touchdowns against whatever team. I didn't even look what team they were playing. I'm just riding the Steelers. Are you sure they're playing the Cowboys? That, I think you're right. You're I, definitely right. It's the Cowboys. And I, and I again... I will not ride with a quarterback who got picked in the fifth round and played at James Madison. I won't do it. Is I will not do it. Is he starting again? I believe so. Dalton's still out for yeah, COVID. Yeah, 100%. Still out for COVID. You know what I'm saying? So we got the Steelers at minus 14, keeping their undefeated record, washing the Cowboys. We can dial and, uh, we can all I, cry I, in I, I, Jerry I say, Land. I'd say Mason Rudolph is playing by midway through the third quarter. Why? Because Ben. Oh, just because we're, we're just saving him. You're just, we're saving them. Ben's going to throw for five touchdowns. I think so, too. I think this is a hurt. I think this is a this kick is, a dog while they're down moment. Yes, 100%. You know what I'm saying? So I love the points. So we're going to take uh, the Steelers at minus 14. They're winning by two touchdowns. Now, the Los Angeles Chargers are taking on the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. I mean, you would kind of want to add in about this one. This one's an interesting one. I like Justin Hubert, personally. Derek Carr, John Gruden... This new Vegas team, they got some fight to them. You know what I'm saying? They are definitely not pushovers in terms of everything. Um, so this was a tough one again. I thought LA, I wanted, I leaned towards LA on the points. I thought they might win by one. I think that's what they were favored, was mm -hmm. they, to win by a point. Uh, I, but it just felt too close, and it mm -hmm. felt like sucker's money, so I took the over. Okay. So uh, just a quick sum. Arizona plus four minus the Dolphins. Seattle minus three versus the Bills. The Colts and the Ravens overs. Steelers minus 14 versus the Cowboys. Um, the Saints in Tampa Bay under. Yes. Under because I don't think Drew Brees has got it right now. And I think once uh, Tampa Bay controls the game, they slow it down. So uh, I think that's an under game as well. And then we've got Las Vegas versus the Chargers over. That's your ice cold pick. All right, everybody. So thanks for listening in today. Um, you can check us out on Facebook. Uh, at the Shakedown, and you can check us out on Instagram at the Shakedown 27. Uh, this is Brian Shebear McGee and Aiden, Aiden Lang. Lang. Take it easy, guys. Thanks.